0: Lord, we love you. We magnify your name, oh Lord. We glorify you, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, you are worthy. Hallelujah. I'm glad I serve a mighty God. I'm glad I serve a mighty God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you would, grab your Bibles. We're going to turn to 1 Timothy Chapter 3 and verse 16, amen, I'm honored to bring the word this morning and I give honor to our pastor and our bishop and all the ministry, amen. We are so blessed here at our church, amen. I just want to read one verse in your hearing, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest or revealed in the flesh. He was justified in the Spirit. He was seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And He was received up into glory. There's just something about this verse that just kind of sums up the Bible almost in one one passage of Scripture. Scripture. But he starts it off by saying, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. I want to speak to you for the next few moments on this subject, the mystery revealed. The mystery revealed. Amen. Would you raise your hands one more time and just ask God to speak to you this morning? I believe God has a word for us. God has a plan for us. Let's ask him. God, we need you. God, we pray, Lord, that you would move, O oh Lord, in this house. God, that you would speak a word, O oh Lord, through me. God, that it would find good ground in every, in every heart, in every mind. God, we pray, Lord, for your supernatural power. God, and your gifts, O oh Lord, to be released in this place. We thank you, Jesus. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I was talking to my daughter, Danelle. I have two girls. One's four and one is two. And, and um, Danelle, she's getting to the point where she's, she's afraid of the dark. And she'll be like, I'm afraid of the dark. I, I, I need you to turn the light on. I need a, I need a light on her. And she's just really stalling because she doesn't want to go to sleep. Uh, but, you know, I, I was talking to her and I said, you don't have to be afraid of the dark because Jesus is with you. You know, and I'm, starting to, I'm trying to plant things into her, but you should have seen her face when I said it. She's like, Jesus is with me? And I said, yeah, I said, Jesus is everywhere. And she just kind of looked around the room, you know. I think it made her almost a little bit more scared than what she already was. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, you could just kind of see the mystery on her face. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Jesus, is, he's always with you. You know, anytime you need him, you can just call out his name, you know, and I know she doesn't understand it now. And she really, I, I think it actually didn't help my calls at all at that point in time when I was trying to get her to go to sleep. But, you know, that, that's something that I, we're, she'll learn down the road. But, you know, God is really a, a mystery to people, and especially from the beginning of time. And I love to read the Bible. And when I read the Bible, I try to put myself in the shoes of the person that I'm reading, and try to, you know, a lot of times we have, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty right? We, we take for granted a lot of the knowledge that we have when we read some of the scriptures. But if you're just to start to read in Genesis having no knowledge of, of anything else, God is really, it's, it's a big mystery. It's just this voice that spoke out of the abyss that said, let there be light. And there was light. I mean, it's just really a mystery. The Bible says that the voice of God walked with Adam. You know, and really, you don't see much of God. You don't really understand God. And God has slowly revealed himself to man throughout the ages. You know, he talked to Noah, and he said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. We don't know how he did it. It's, it's a mystery how God talked to him. And we, we see God throughout the ages. He talked to Abraham. And he said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family behind and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to give you. Abraham did that really not knowing much about God that we know of. He left everything that he knew. He, le- he left Ur and he said, you know what, I'm going to the land that God has for me. The next thing that we see is we see his, his sons, Isaac, and we see his sons, Jacob. You know, we see them having encounters with God and and. God revealing himself to them little by little and and even to Joseph which is one of Jacob's sons it's just notable characters that we see in the word of God and we see this that God is slowly revealing himself little by little and Joseph many of us know the story that that Joseph he was he was uh, you know he was put in the pit and then he was put into Potiphar's house then he was cast in to the prison he was sold into slavery into egypt and and god finally uh, used him and, and rose him up to be a prince of egypt to where he could save pretty much the world at that time by helping them stock and save up food for a famine that was to come god just slowly revealed his love his his you know his, who he was you know and so what happened was joseph they all got stuck in egypt Everybody moved, uh, everybody moved from really the land that God had promised them and they moved to Egypt. And they said, all right, let's move to Egypt. There's this famine. But what happened is they didn't leave Egypt. They ended up staying in Egypt. And the Bible says there's a king that arose that knew not Joseph. And so the, the people of Israel, or the people of Jacob as it is, the, the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they begin to grow. And uh, history tells us it could be almost millions of people at this time, well over a million people estimated. And, and finally, Egypt, uh, you know, they all get together and they say that these people are becoming stronger and larger than we are. So we're going to put them into slavery, put them into captivity. And so that's what happens. They, they become slaves. And the Bible says that, that they used the, the children of Israel to build great cities for Pharaoh. And uh, no doubt, I mean, a lot of the beautiful, probably the, the beautiful pyramids that are still standing today that are one of the wonders of the world were probably built on the backs of the children of Israel. And we see this, but then God, he wants to deliver the children of Israel from their slavery. And this is really where the first real revelation of God begins to come into effect, where there's this guy named Moses. Moses wasn't even supposed to be alive, but God spared him miraculously. Moses actually became the second prince of Egypt that God set up in Egypt. But Moses, he ended up, he ended up uh, uh, killing a man, and he ended up fleeing for his life, and he ended up being a shepherd just on the backside of a mountain. And the Bible says that Moses, he's just tending to his sheep and all of a sudden he sees this bush that is burning. And he sees this bush, he said the bush is burning but it's not being destroyed. And so he starts to go to it and out of the bush a voice says Moses. Now put yourself in his shoes. I mean, (laughs) if you weren't freaked out before by a bush that's burning but not burning. And then the voice says Moses and Moses is like, yes, that's me. God says, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. He said, I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he begins to try to reveal who he is. And he says, I want you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses just, you know, uh, me and what army? (laughs) you know pharaoh's not going to just let you know a lot of uh, millions of free laborers go who who are you who should i say sent me he said well tell them that the i am has sent you what the i am that that's nobody's going to know what that means and god just slowly revealed himself i mean we can look back at that and we can say wow that's a powerful revelation that was just given You know, God is dot, dot, dot. He's whatever you need. And we know that this morning. I've really come to tell you that this morning just to get ahead of myself. God is what you need. I am your healer. I'm your deliverer. I'm your provider. I'm your way maker. I can make a way where there seems to be no way. But Moses really didn't understand that at that time, I don't believe. And Moses said, okay, well, how how are they going to believe that God really said it? He said, what's in your hand? He said, well, it's just a staff. He said, well, throw the staff down. And the Bible says he threw the staff down, and it became a snake. And Moses jumps back, and God says, no, pick it up by its tail. And he picked it up, and it became a staff again. He said, I want you to hide your hand. And so he hid his hand. And he said, pull it back out again. And he had leprosy on his hand. And I'm sure he shook his hand. He's like, what? And he said, put it back in and bring it back out. And, he, and his hand was all new and all clean. God was starting to reveal his power. He was revealing really who he really was. He's like, I'm, I am everything. There's no other God beside me. I have the power to do anything. I mean, I, I can do the unthinkable. And Moses is, he start, I, I see him starting to build his faith. He's like, all right, let's do this. You know, <laughs> let's do this. But then Moses says, who am I? He says, I'm not, I can't talk very well. I'm not eloquent in speech. I actually, I, I'm a murderer back in Egypt. They're not just going to let me walk back into Egypt. And God says, well, you know what? Why don't you bring along Aaron with you? Aaron, he, he, can, he can help you, you know, he can kind of be your teammate with this. He can kind of help you with your voice if your voice starts shaking. You know, he can kind of help your infirmities. And let me tell you something, that's still the way God is. That's still the way we deal with God sometimes. And we've got to be careful that sometimes God has great things in store for us. But we discount the voice of God because we think, oh, it can never happen with me. Oh, who am I for God to use me? But Moses was a murderer. Moses was supposed to be dead. I mean, Moses was not probably the perfect candidate that God. you think God would have chosen, but that's what he did. In fact, the history is full of that with God. God picks people who you think would never be used of God, and God uses them. Because it's not about us, but it's about our belief in God, and it's about God through us. Amen. But here Moses has this encounter with God. And, and the story goes, he, he goes, and, and uh, there, there's the ten plagues that are brought, and finally the children of Israel are delivered, and, and just great things happen. And then God says, Moses, I want you to come to the mountain. I'm going to give you i I'm going to reveal my plan to you. And it, it's not going to be the full plan. This is just going to be a shadow of my plan. This is, this is just, I'm going to give you a tabernacle to build. It's going to be a physical tabernacle, but it's, and he didn't tell him at this at this time, but it's going to be relationship to the spiritual things of God. Now we see these things, and God began to reveal himself, and, and, and God, uh, Moses went up to the top of Mount Sinai, and, and God began to speak. The Bible says that, that God was still, I mean, real mysterious. I mean, he, he, he led them by like a, a pillar of fire by uh, night and a pillar of cloud by day. That's how they followed God. That's how they knew God. They just saw him as fire. They saw him as cloud, and they just followed it. And when when Moses went up to the mountain, the Bible says that there was thunder and lightning. And the Bible says that Moses even went into the darkness to talk to God. Like into the the abyss (laughs) to talk to God. It was such a mysterious thing. And to the point where the people got so afraid that were looking at Moses talking to God on the mountain. They told Moses, they said, Moses, we do not want God to talk to us. He said, you talk to God And then you tell us what God said. Because we don't want to deal with that. Little did they know that that's something they did not want. Because really that's why and that's how God works. He works through men of God who follow after God, who seek after God. You say, why why do we need a past why do I need a pastor in my life? Why do I need the voice of, of God in my life? Why do we need a man of God? Why do we need to come to uh, you know, why do we need to come to church and just hear uh, uh, you know, just another regular person preaching the word of God? What benefit will that do? Well, that's how God has designed it pretty much since Exodus 20:20. That's that's what God's done. But it was all because the people didn't understand God. God was still a mystery, but God was slowly revealing himself. And God told Moses, he said, I want you to build this tabernacle. And in this tabernacle, I want you to build a box. He said, it's going to be called the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, I want you, and he gave exact dimensions. He said, what type of wood it should be made out of, you know, what what it should be overlaid with. He said, it's going to be this box with handles and, and rings. And you're going to have two angels that are on top of it with, you know, two cherubims there. And you're going to build this box and overlay it with gold. And that was to become the representation of God's presence for many years. And so people would look at, you know, they they would, when they would think of God, a lot of times they would think of the Ark of the Covenant. It was the Ark of the Covenant that they would take into the Jordan River and the waters would open up. It was the Ark of the Covenant that, that the enemy one time took the Ark of the Covenant and laid it before one of their gods. And when they woke up the next morning, their idol had fallen flat on its face to the box. But we know that God's not a box. God's not contained in a box. But God was just slowly revealing himself. And in Hebrews, Paul lets us know some things. And I know I'm building a big foundation here. Stick with me. What was in the box, the Bible says that Aaron's rod that budded was put in the box. The Bible says that a pot of manna, which which the manna was how God really fed millions of people in the wilderness. They would wake up and this food would be there, miraculously, every day from God. And they could go out and they could find food. Every day. God just provided food for them. This pot of manna, that was in the box. And then also, the the tablets of the covenant. The law. The word of God that God had given to Moses. That was what was contained in this box. And this was just a representation, folks. This was to get people used to seeing the power of God the provision of God and the Word of God all wrapped into a box made by man. Because what happened when Jesus Christ came to this earth is Jesus was really just a box of flesh that inside of it was the power, the provision, and the Word of God. That's exactly what Jesus Christ was. And that's why Jesus Christ is really one of the greatest mysteries that have ever been revealed. See, for years, God never really had a name. You know, I'm sure a Bishop has great study on it, but, you know, we say Jehovah today, but, but back then they, didn't even, they couldn't even pronounce it. It was just Y-H-W-H. There was no name for God. It was all descriptive titles. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the I am. I'm the provider. I'm, there was no name for God. But when Jesus was born, God established a name. And whenever, when Jesus was born, God established his character. You see, because before Jesus, the love of God was really not revealed. I mean, a lot of times you can read the Old Testament and you can be like, where's the love of God in the Old Testament? You can read that sometimes because that love has not really been revealed yet. And so you see this time and time again. And I want to talk to you today about three things that I think that, that we see when we look at God. When we look at Jesus and what Jesus revealed to us. And what we need to latch on to. And what we need to, we need to have in our heart and in our mind. We need to have these three things. And the first thing is his passion. That's the first thing that was revealed to us. It was revealed to us through the character of Jesus Christ. It was revealed to us through the character of Jesus Christ. Let's uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7. Verse 7 and 8, it says this. But he made himself of no reputation. We're talking about God in flesh now. When God really, literally inhabited the man, Jesus Christ. It says that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, and being formed in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now think about this. It it can be so commonplace to us, folks. We just see God coming, being born in a manger, and that's all, that's beautified in our culture, right? I mean, we, we make that sound so pretty, but Think about it. God came to humanity, and he wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a stable. He was born and placed in a feeding trough. The God of all creation and the God of all glory finally reveals himself, and a few stinky shepherds showed up and knew that he was born. Think about that. I mean, you put yourself in in God's shoes. I mean, if I, I would like to think if I was God, I'd be like, where's the nicest palace? That's where I'm going to be born into. Man, I, we're going to have the picture perfect family. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be beautiful. Everybody's going to come and, and the whole world will know that God has been born to man. And, and this, this, it, would, it, would just, it would be such a powerful just showing of who God was. And I began to ask myself, I was like, God, why were you born in a stable? Why were you born like you were born? Nobody even recognized you. You were born in Nazareth. You 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 came from Nazareth, which nobody cared about. Why? I believe it's because it showed his passion, God's character for us. Because you see, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He's not a God that's sitting high on his throne with his nose stubbed down to you. He came and he met us right where we are at. He came to us in our affliction. He came to us in our mess. And the Bible even says that he had no place to lay his head. He didn't even have an earthly home. You know, some of us, we, we, we want God to bless us, but we say, God, make me more like you. And God does. He had no earthly possessions, you know. We're like, God, make me more like you, but bless me in abundance. You know, it's like we're, we're battling our own prayers here, folks. But God was revealing his passion and his love to us. What kind of a God would come and just walk among men? Would just walk among, it. when he heard somebody somebody cry out, he was drawn to that. If somebody was in need, he would go to them. Even if it was out of time, even if it was out of order. Like some people came to him, some Gentiles came to him out of order, out of of time. God moved time and space and reached out to the Gentiles. He did, he showed his love in such a powerful way. He raised not his voice. He defended not himself going to the cross. He loves us. And I want to tell you this morning, one thing you've got to get is a revelation of how much God loves you. You have got to get a revelation of how much God loves you because the devil's in the business of telling you that God doesn't care about you or God uh, God won't forgive you for what you've done or that God doesn't know where you're at and he's in the business of trying to destroy the what revelation God has given to us. That's all he's trying to do is to destroy that revelation. And I've come today to pull out every weed that's been planted by the devil and to look into your eyes and tell you that God loves you today. Make no mistake about it. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. God cares about you. He knows where you're at. He knows what temptation you're facing. And He's reaching for you today. He's reaching for you today. How many can say, oh, I'm so thankful God loved me. God should not have loved a person like me, but He loved me. God shouldn't have forgiven me, but he forgave me. Hallelujah. That's one thing that was revealed. That was, un, that was unheard of before Jesus Christ stepped on the scene. And in John 21, the Bible tells us that, that, that the world itself could not contain the books that should be written of what Jesus Christ did on this earth. They said there's not, there's not enough space in our globe, in our world, to contain what should be written about what Jesus did. What you read about Jesus, what he did, that's not even the tenth of what he did. That's not even a percentage of what he did. He did so much, reaching out, reaching out, healing. So much God did for us. That's really, he's he's the pot of manna. It says if you're hungry... I'm going to provide for you. He's that he showed the provision. That was the side. That was the character of God coming through. The provision of God coming through the passion and the love of God coming through. Hallelujah. That's what we see. Now let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. We're we'll verse 9 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 10 it says wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. This is what God did. God said, all right, now I'm going to give the world a name that's going to be above every name. I'm going to exalt Jesus to be the name that's above every other name. And he said, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. He said, I'm going to make a name. I'm going to give the world. I'm going to reveal a name that has power Everywhere. It's going to be a name that has power in heaven. Jesus said, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever. I mean, I'm going to give you that power when it comes to the name of Jesus Christ. I love the song that they were singing. In the name of Jesus. The enemy's defeated. We've got to understand the name of Jesus is one of the greatest revelations that have been given to us. Because when you're in need, you can say, Jesus, and God steps on the scene. When you say, Jesus, you're calling upon all power in heaven and in earth. That's why we need to pray in the name of Jesus. That's why we need to do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. It's the name of Jesus that has the power on this earth. That's why Colossians chapter 3 in verse 17, if you throw that up there, it says, Whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. You say, how do I, how, how do I reach this creator God that you're talking about? Well, he's established a name. It's Jesus. And when you say the name of Jesus, you're calling upon the God of all creation. When you say the name of Jesus, you're calling upon the name that He's given to us, the name that He's revealed to us to have all power. There's nothing that can stand against the name of Jesus. And that's really the, the next point that we see is that He revealed His power. He revealed His power through His name. It was through His name that He revealed His power. And we have got to understand the power of the name of Jesus this morning. It doesn't matter what sickness you may be facing. I don't care what you may be dealing with. The name of Jesus has power over everything. You say, well, how? How is it? How in Malawi and and how in Madagascar are there going to be people that are healed? And how are the blind eyes open? And how are the tumors disappeared? And how are the cancers healed? and how It's all because of the name of Jesus. Because when you pray in the name of Jesus, you're calling upon the power of Almighty God. That's why we baptize in the name of Jesus. There's some churches that do not baptize in the name of Jesus. But we baptize in the name of Jesus for two reasons. Well, number one, because that's the only way that the New Testament church was ever baptized in the Bible. But also it's because we baptize in the name of Jesus because that's the name that's been given power over everything. You say, what has power over my mistakes? What has power over my sin? It's the name of Jesus. When we say, when we baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, we're taking authority over every sin, over every mistake. We're washing you by the power of that name. Isn't there, that's the power of the name of Jesus. There's nothing like it, there's nothing that can compare to it. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And then the next thing that we see is we see that God. When he came to this earth in flesh, he revealed his plan. He revealed his new plan. You ever wonder why there's the, we call it the Old Testament and the New Testament? It's because just like God revealed the Old Testament or the old laws or covenants to Moses when he went to that mountain. Jesus Christ, when he came, he gave us the new plan. He gave us, he didn't destroy the old plan, but he showed us what the old plan really meant. He said, That ark was really me. <laughs> you know, that, and he, he began to show us time and time again everything. It's all fulfilled. What they did in the natural, what they did physically, we now have spiritually. And so the new testament has been given to us, the new plan God has given to us. And this is the plan it's really, it's his character, it's his name. And it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's his plan. He revealed to us his plan. And and even though God was really mysterious. uh, Throw up, if you would, John chapter 3. You want to talk about, you know, sometimes God just confuses you. Have you ever got a word from God and you just have no idea what it means? You're just really confused and you're like, God, I don't understand. I I just really, uh, you're just going to have to help me out. And you don't understand it now. But then later down the road, God begins to reveal to you what it really meant. God does that time and time again. And, and we, we just got to learn to trust in God when he, when, he gives us that, when he gives us that word. This is what Jesus said. He was met by, by a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And he said, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Now, again, put yourself in his shoes. He's like, excuse me? I need to be born again? And this is what verse 4 says. If you go to verse 4, he said, How can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? He said, You're not making any sense. Now I'm lost. It's it's a mystery to me. It's just, I don't get it. And Jesus, he goes on and and he says, verse 5, he says it again. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. But he changes it a little bit. He said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, this is Jesus talking. This is his plan. He said, if you want to be a part of this kingdom, if you want to be a part of what God has, he said, you got to be born of the water and of the spirit. Except you do that, you cannot have a part of the kingdom of God. And now we come to know what that really means. We know that it's being born of the water is talking about baptism. And we know that being born of the spirit is receiving the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. That's what we see. You, you, you say, how do you know that? Well, if you look in your Bible, if you see a capital S, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. If you see a small s, it could be talking about life or, uh, you know, exuberance or something like that. But when you see that capital S, it's the Holy Spirit. He said, unless you're born of water, unless you're born of the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Folks, this is the plan for you, and I know it's, uh, I'm just kind of teaching here this morning, and, and it's not like a normal Sunday morning, but, but let me tell you, this is, this is the plan of God. This is what God has given to us, and we've got to be born of the water, and we've got to be born of the Spirit, and you need to understand, this is what God has revealed to us. This is how He reveals Himself to us, because Jesus Christ is not the full revelation that God has given to us. Because you can know about Jesus Christ, and that's a great revelation. That's an awesome revelation to have. You can know him. You can know everything he did. You can see his love. You can see everything that he did for you, and you can know it. But when you receive his spirit, there's something about receiving his spirit that you feel his love for the first time. You feel his power for the first time. You go from just hearing about it, you go to feeling it. When you, when you go down in the water in the name of Jesus and you come back up out of that water. You're, you're new. You're, you're, you're light, you know. You, you don't have that shame. You don't have that guilt that you used to have anymore. God's removed it from your life. And, and it's just such a beautiful thing. It's, it's the mystery of God revealed in our own lives. God wants to reveal himself to you today. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you need to receive the Holy Ghost today. It's the power of God in you. It's the power of his spirit in you. You think you know Jesus. Just wait till you are filled with his spirit. Just wait till you feel his love and his joy and his Can I get a witness from somebody? Just wait till you feel him. Wait till you wait till you feel the presence of God come all over you and you feel love like you've never felt before. You feel supernatural love. You feel supernatural power. It's just something that's so amazing. It's the mystery of God revealed to man. say well why didn't Jesus stay on this earth? Why isn't Jesus still walking this earth? Why can't we go listen to him speak? Why can't we why can't we go see him face to face? It's because you know what he did when he died and he was buried and he was resurrected. He gave us his spirit. Now it's not that we go see Jesus somewhere. But now it's we take Jesus everywhere with us. You don't have to be afraid of the dark. You don't have to be afraid of the darkness of this world, if I can put it in our terms. You don't have to be afraid of, of things that just seem to loom over you, of, uh, of the threat of your job uh, you know, not coming through, or threat of, of, of the sickness that has started to overtake you, this darkness that's trying to steal your joy and your peace. You don't have to worry about that, because Jesus Christ is with you. He can be with you when you receive the Holy Ghost, when you have His Spirit. The Bible says that we become the vessels. We become earthen vessels. We become arks of the covenant, like was in the Bible, where we take his power with us to the workplace. We take his power with us when we walk on our school grounds. We take his power with us. The Bible says that the Spirit can give you the right words to say. You can take the word of God with you and you can give somebody a word from God just because you have the spirit in you. Your word of encouragement because you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. That was his plan. It was his plan. And God has revealed that unto us. Amen. Would you stand? you would go to Mark 16, Mark chapter 16. These were some of the last words of Jesus and I want to show them to you. Jesus was just resurrected. He was just raised from the dead and he's now appearing to people. If you would go to Mark chapter 16, and let's look at verse 9 Mark 16 verse 9 it says now when Jesus was risen the first day he appeared to Mary of Magdalene go to the next verse and she went and told them that had been with them as they mourned and wept everybody was weeping Jesus has died Jesus has died and Mary went and told them no, Jesus is alive and The Bible says in verse 11, and they, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, they believed not. These are the disciples we're talking about. It says, after that, he had appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the remaining or the residue. Neither believed they them. Now, this is three witnesses. And they're trained in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. They've been trained from birth. To believe that principle there's three witnesses and they still didn't believe and this is what the bible says afterward jesus appeared unto them verse 14 unto the eleven as they sat at meat and he upbraided them or he just tore into them jesus just tore into them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believe not them which had seen him after he was risen Jesus said, why are you not believing? He said, I've I've invested so much. I've revealed so much to you. But yet you don't believe. He said, I've I've invested so much. I've spent so much time. I've, I've done this. But yet you don't believe. And then he goes on to say this. If you go to verse 15. And he said, I want you to go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. Go to the next verse. And he that believeth. And is baptized shall be saved. Now, here's the first thing you got to do you got to believe. You got to believe that God is your only God. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These are the words of Christ. You say, Preacher, you're being harsh. No, this is the words of Christ. You've got to believe. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. It's not enough just to believe in Jesus Christ, folks. You've got to act upon that belief. You've got to act upon that belief. And I was going to read a scripture. It's um, it's, James, uh, uh, it's James chapter 2. I think it's verse 9. But it says, it says that the devil is verse 19. James 2, 19. It says that the devils also believe that there's one God. And they tremble. That's what the Word of God says. He says, if you believe there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe and they tremble. What are you saying? If you ever get an understanding, and if you ever truly believe that Jesus Christ is the only God, that Jesus Christ is the only thing on the face of this earth, if you truly, you know what scares the devil, you know what gives him nightmares? It's somebody that believes that Jesus Christ is the only God. So he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you've never been baptized, if you want to be saved, if you're a believer, you need to be baptized today in Jesus' name. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, maybe you've been baptized before, but you don't know for sure that you were baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized again. There is precedent for it in the Word of God, Acts 19. That people were rebaptized. You can be rebaptized in the name of Jesus. You need the power of the name applied to your life you need the power of the name applied to your life you need to be baptized and i want to open up this altar if you want to be baptized today i'm calling for you we have we have a baptismal that's ready we got robes you don't even have to get your nice suit wet you don't have to you don't have to get your clothes wet we have we have robes for you to change into the water's heated everything is perfect for you it's time to be baptized in the name of Jesus today. If you're a believer, this is his plan. He's revealing it unto you right now. Now don't, don't, don't feel bad. All over this building, all over this building, are people who have been baptized in Jesus' name. When, we, when I call for you, if you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, And if you're coming, we're not condemning you. We're asking you to join us because we've already done it. Amen. We've got one coming now. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, why don't you come? God's pulling on your heart. You can come stand right up here. Brother Richie will go baptize you. Sir, you can come right on up here. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and you want to be baptized today, would you come? Would you come? Come on. God is pulling on you. We're not condemning you. We're asking you to take on that power in the name of Jesus. Would you come this morning? I know Brother Herring. Brother Herring used to do these things. And I'm going to wait because I I know there's a number in prayer that God told me. I'm going to wait. We're going to wait on you. Why don't we all lift our hands? Why don't we pray right now? God, we're going to bind all doubt. I bind all fear right now in the name of Jesus Christ. God, everything that's trying to keep somebody, Lord, from your plan this morning. God, we pray for the liberty of the Holy Ghost, God, to flow to every heart and every mind, God. Lord, we pray, oh Lord, that your plan, oh God, would have its way, oh Lord, in our hearts and in our lives today. In Jesus' name, come on, would you come if you want to be baptized? Would you come? Hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. Amen, there's more. Let's be baptized this morning in the name of Jesus. The Bible says to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. I want you to go back to Mark, if you would, Mark 17. I know I'm having you stand for a while, but. And if you still want to be baptized, you can come right up to this platform, go right through that door. And they'll baptize you. Mark 16 and verse 17. Now we're going to do another altar call. This is what the Bible says. And these signs shall follow them that believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, there is deliverance in the house today. If you will just believe. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. I don't care what's been attacking you, what's been attacking your home, or in, whatever it is. The devil can be cast out today in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus also said, he said, these signs shall fall them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. Now some people will say, do I have to speak in tongues? I'll take them to this verse, Bishop. If you're a believer, Jesus said, you shall speak with new tongues. That's receiving the Holy Ghost. That's receiving the Spirit of God. When you receive the Spirit of God, you know you've received it. And the Bible teaches us this when you begin to speak in other tongues. It sound, it's, it's mysterious, right? It's mysterious. We don't know how it works, but God works in mysterious ways as we've learned today. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, and He wants you to speak in other tongues. Let's go to the next verse. And he goes on to say, they shall take up serpents, and if they didn't drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus pretty much just goes to say, in my name, you'll have power over anything that attacks you. I don't care if there's a serpent that attacks you. I don't care if there's a sickness that attacks you. I don't care if there's some disease that attacks you. In my name, you'll have power over it all. So here's what we're going to do today. I believe God's going to release His power in this place. If you need a miracle from God, we invite you to come to the front. If you need to receive the Holy Ghost, we invite you to come to the front. If you're sick, if you're sick in the name of Jesus, you're going to be healed today. Come on, come on, let's come. Let's come this morning. If you need a healing, if you need deliverance, come on. I know there's some people that are in pain that are just sitting there. If you want to be healed today, all you got to do is believe. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost today, all you got to do is believe. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's the mystery of God that is revealed. Again, if you need to be baptized today, you need to be baptized. In the name of Jesus, God's going to do great miracles. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get that one thing in your mind. Get that one thing in your mind that you're going to be praying about. And I want you to believe with everything that's within you. And I want you to call out to the name of Jesus. And God's going to heal you. All right, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. All right? And we're going to say in the name of Jesus. When I say shout Jesus, I want you to shout Jesus. Because when you do, you're going to take victory over whatever it is. Some of you will begin to speak in tongues. You've never spoken in tongues before. Some of you will be healed when you've had pain almost your entire life. Cancer will disappear. No matter what it is, we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And when I say shout Jesus, I want you to shout the name of Jesus and begin to claim your miracle. All right? Let's lift up our hands. Let's believe on him. Let's reach out to him right now. By the authority of the word of God. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by the power that is in the name of Jesus god we release lord your power your miracle working power god we overcome every doubt every depression every disease everything god that is attacking your people we claim victory over it right now by the power in the name of jesus come on would you shout the name of jesus at the top of your voice jesus come on let's hit be healed in the name of jesus in the name of jesus come on let's say claim your victory claim your victory in the name of jesus